if you've made it into your fantasy football championships, there's still some like navigating to do. There's still like a few players that will probably, I guess we can call them sleepers that were just unlikely guys. Nobody's a sleeper in, in fantasy football, but I think I've asked you this a couple times already, Chris List. Have, have you, are you in any like traditional non NFFC, non like big tournament leagues where you're in the finals this year, or have you just narrowed just, down? Just, just the stake league. And I've had a couple decent weeks. I think a lot of the guys around me have had really bad weeks. So I'm at worst, I think a self buyer. It looks like, I mean, unless I had a total collapse the last two weeks, it goes through week 18. Um, but it's looking like I'm either a, an eater or a self buyer. So that's fine. That's my only league. I'm out of the playoffs. I'm not going to win, but no one cares about winning that league. It's like 200 bucks. It's all about avoiding the, uh, the dreaded, uh, buyer status and double buyer status. Yeah. The league that Chrysalis is talking about is a league where there is more punishment for doing bad than there is upside for doing good. So that's a whole different thing where you're even, it's like life. It's just like life, Ah. you know, (laughs) very good. Very good. But, um, Let's just spend a little time in the beginning of the podcast before we really flesh out like what's going on in sports and maybe some extra uh, social commentary issues at the end. But um, people that clicked on the video for the title of Sleepers, let's just give them a couple players that and, – and I'll, I'll kind of spoon feed you here and you can give me your feedback. So if you have TJ Hawkinson, he's out for the year. This is a, a – I mean, this is bad because next year too, we were talking about how we might have had him as a top three, top four tight end, maybe even tight end one next year. He's not going to be back before November at the earliest, I would think. So, all right, you lost TJ Hawkinson. Are there a couple, are there any like waiver wiry types or fill in types that you could put in your championship and at least feel decent about it? Yeah, I didn't really look. I know you sent that to me yesterday, but I'm sort of like, you know, like another like a homework guy anymore. And I'm 52. Right. And well, then I was also like, I was going to say, you suggest them and I'll tell you if I okay. agree. I, I because, and, and this is, and I'm going to tell like the Iowa show I still do. I'm going to say, I'm not doing it next year. The thing is, I am very selfish. Like, so when I do the in draft season, I know everybody because I got to know everybody because I'm drafting. But as we narrow down, all I know is which two guys on my team I'm going to choose between. Like, that's all I know. So I'm not like up on like what's going on. You know, what are the, who are the Vikings using now that Hawkinson's out? I have no idea who they're using. Um, I know Irv Smith is not in Minnesota anymore. So no, it would be it Josh would be. Oliver. But I'll, I'll, I think so. Yeah. I figured this is how it was going to go. So I've already prepared this. Just so you know, that's how good, well good. I know you, Chris. Good, you're you're like you're playing the eleven D chess, yes. asking me, and then knowing how it's going to go. Exactly. Good. But I thought maybe on the odd chance there was. I'll give guy. you my opinion on your guys that you like. Who, who do you like? Okay, so I'm in this exact situation. So right. this, you know, no wonder. Uh, you know, if so, if I need a sleeper tight end, what do you think about Tucker Craft, the Green Bay Packers, the second rookie they drafted, who's who's been okay this year? I mean. Is he more of a touchdown or bus guy, or do you like what you've seen from this guy when you've observed him on uh, in on Sunday Ticket? Um, I don't know. Uh, is Musgrove hurt or something? What's the deal? Yeah, with he's him? on IR still. Okay, so he's the starting tight end for Green Bay. Christian Watson's iffy. He's had six um, targets in three of the last four weeks. Right. Um, They're playing yeah, Minnesota at Minnesota. I mean, sure, right? I mean, if he's got six targets. That's probably what you want, right? If you're looking for a tight end, six tar- five, six targets, hopefully one's in the end zone, and you take your chances. I mean, obviously, none of the Taysom Hill and Joku, any of those guys. I mean, Joku's definitely gone, but like any of the, you know, after the top, Friermuth, you know, I like him, you know, guys like that. He's they're not all going to be available. Here, you know, I'm going to give you a list of guys, and then you kind of right. parse it out how right. you want. Like Tyler Conklin in Thursday Night Football against the Ugh. 
Uh, yeah, Cleveland. I, I was desperate how to use Tyler Conklin in a league. Is Waller available? He's banged nah, up. No, nah, no, he's been picked up just on name brand. But hey, I want to just give you a Tyler Conklin thing. Ready? I'm going to read his targets right. from week 13 on. Nine, six, seven, seven. Yeah, that's something. I mean, that's, you know, that's what I do in like basketball when I do free agents. I sort by minutes or you sort by targets. You know, you're like, sort by targets. Oh, this guy got the most targets. All right, fine. That's the guy I'm using. Or, if, you know, you, you do want to do it over two, three weeks to sort of see a trend and then make sure nothing's changed. Make sure, you know, Musgrove's not coming back from IR or something this week. If he's not, then uh, then that's the guy, Conklin or Musgrove. But, I mean, I have no basis to choose between them except maybe opponent. Uh, and then I go to the Rotowire page where it's sort by opponents. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll look at that page. You, you know that page I'm talking about? Of course. Uh, and then I just sort tight ends and like, if it's like 10 and 20, that means nothing. But if it's like 31st and second, then I'll, you know, then that's, that'll tie break my decision. And by the way, there is interest in this topic. Over a hundred people poured into the YouTube live right now just Ooh. to hear this. So we'll give them a little bit of this before we, uh, we pivot off. Okay. How about if wide receiver wise? So Hawkinson's out. Jordan Addison might be out for the Vikings. Uh, KJ Osborne. Have you seen something from him? Is he startable in a championship? Like, let's say you have Amari Cooper going and, and he's not playing tonight, right? He's questionable. He's hopeful to play. You lost him. Is KJ Osborne a sleeper, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, he had a big game last week. And, you know, after Jefferson, yeah, of course, of course you can use Osborne if he's the number two and Addison's out. I think okay. that's an easy, I think that's an easy one. All right. So then I guess not. A I mean, I don't, a Cooper, I mean, that nobody does anything against the Jets. No, no wide receivers score against the Jets. Cooper's, I mean, you're not going to sit Cooper after he had 260 something yards, but I mean, I think Cooper could get, you know, if he plays, get like three for 17 or something like that this week. Yeah. And I mean, Joe Flacco, by the way, when you talk about like uh, against the Jets here, Flacco has been averaging over 44 pass attempts a game, over two touchdowns a game, uh, over 300 yards a game for a month. And, but, all these like elite quarterbacks um, like Justin Herbert have had their worst games against him. Would you start Flacco tonight? Uh, probably not against the Browns. I mean, I the Jets. Uh, oh, sorry. I mean, he's playing right. I forgot he's on. <laughs> no, I mean, the Jets are the worst team for quarterbacks because they don't score and they take away the passing game. In fact, I think the running backs are more interesting um, for the Browns than the quarterback. Uh, the, the other thing is like quarterbacks just don't matter. Right? You have Patrick Mahomes. He's total garbage. But if you have Joe Flacco, you're set. Right. If you have um, Nick Mullins, you're set. Uh, but if you have it's so interesting that like QBs where everyone's like, oh, well, how could you draft a running back in the first round, you know, in the real NFL? And then like this year, like there's so many good QBs who have just completely. I mean, Deshaun Watson. I mean, you know, he got that contract and they get Joe Flacco out of retirement at like 40 years old. And he's better than Deshaun Watson. It's very strange. So I guess that means coaching and environment matters. Is that the big takeaway? Right? Well, I, the big takeaway is nothing matters, right? Not, quarterbacks don't matter. <laughs> running backs don't matter. Nothing matters. So what does that mean? It means everything matters in context. Everything okay. matters circumstantially in context. Like these idiots who try to get clout by simplifying like a slogan, like running backs don't matter are just stupid. Like they're, they're midwits. They, they, they thought that was clever, but the reality is does, does Christian McCaffrey matter to the Niners as he made them a better offense? Of course he does. Um, sometimes the running back doesn't matter at all. We're finding out that quarterbacks aren't mattering in a lot of cases. I mean, Joe Flacco coming in and the Browns being better um, is truly strange. And this is not the only situation. Patrick Mahomes and Gardner Minshew are like the same guy right now. You know, I mean, this is this is um, this is a weird thing. But you know, obviously, quarterbacks will matter in more circumstances than running backs. But the the idea that there's just you could make this kind of claim 
uh, in these complex systems is just insane. And now I'm glad that this is happening because it's it's just showing like sometimes um, the situation is is you know is the key. Yeah. All right. So from week not uh, from week ten forward, so that's a pretty good football sample size. Patrick Mahomes is quarterback what in uh, ranking? Week 10 forward on oh, fantasy? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll say he's quarterback nine. 14. Okay, 14. So even worse. Yep. I just thought from playing every game, you know, half the league is out. So you think that 14 is bad. It's like 14 out of 20, right? Out of the guys who have played every game. Yep. It's really bad. Like yep. if, if, if you count all the guys that have been hurt. Um, you would have been better I, off starting Baker Mayfield over that period of time. Yeah, quarterbacks don't matter. And the other thing is that if you were to say the average output by the quarterback of the team, the Chiefs are probably not 14th. They're probably like 17th. Because, again, there's guys who were pretty good and missed a couple games. Like, look at the uh, the Vikings, right? They're probably close um, to the Chiefs' output. I, although Dobbs had some real – had that game against the Raiders. But um, but if you were to – you know, you're he's only 14th because some guys split, because some quarterbacks split the games. Yep. All right. So we're talking about sleepers, meaning like unlikely players that you could start in your fantasy championship. I'm mixing that in with news a little bit. Right. Let's talk about the Russell Wilson situation, right? Yep. So just to anyone that knows, Russell Wilson, basically a couple weeks ago, they try to renegotiate his contract because if he does not pass a physical this March, meaning if he's hurt this the rest of this year, his, not, his money's guaranteed for 2025, not 24, right. 25. So they went to him a couple weeks ago and said, Wave that clause or you're sitting down. We don't want to be on the hook for you in 25. Of course, he says no. I would say no as well. Right. You know? Hell no. Yep. $37 million is I don't care how rich you are. That's real money. Um, and so why they, would he do them a favor? You know, why would he? Why would he? If, if he, he negotiated that. If he wants to play. Yeah. But it's sort of like, that's fine. I mean, it's in. they're within their rights to start whoever they want. But it's, it's one of those moral hazard contracts. that's like you sign this contract and just realize they're going to have an incentive to sit you at some point. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think anyone's surprised that. So then news comes out that Jared Stidham starting. Jared Stidham was the second player signed in free agency after uh, Sam Darnold. It sounds like Sean Payton may have wanted to play him all along, Liz. I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously they made such a commitment to Wilson that, um, although they did that before last year, so that wasn't a Sean Payton issue, um, that they knew Wilson was going to be the QB for this year or next. But... Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's fine, right? Russell, Russell Wilson's getting paid to sit. In other words, you're getting paid that much money um, and they want to sit you. Then you just sit and, you know, have a good attitude about it. And the team making that commitment um, has to have a good attitude about him not waiving uh, something that they negotiated for. And we'll see. It can't really be. Wilson wasn't horrendous this year. He was okay. Uh, but he, no, he was actually good for fantasy. Like he's a top 12 fantasy quarterback. So, right. but that's only because of the injuries. I mean, like, you know, being like the 12th best or 10th best quarterback, if you look at average, you know, you, you count some of the guys who got hurt. Um, Say you know, Russ, might, it, Russ I mean, is Kirk, QB nine, QB nine, right. But Kirk cousins, Anthony Richardson, if Minshew, Minshew Richardson together was way ahead of Russ. Um, you know, cousins obviously is ahead of Russ. On average, right? But so, Russ, Russ Stroud, right? Well, if you if you drafted Russ Wilson and you played him, that's not the reason you lost. It is if you played him every week because again, Stroud, the Colts, the Vikings, he's probably like the fifteenth best uh, QB, you know, on average for like if you were to average the teams again, not just Russell right. Wilson, um, and and he, he didn't do much, but 
he's okay. It's just that he's getting paid and they traded so much for him that is a huge bust, right? It's just the amount of salary cap he takes up, all of that. So, you know, whatever, I, the, the Broncos weren't like a feared passing game. There was like, you know, I, I really, I only started Jerry Judy when I had to and I, I screwed up. I'd have 10 points more in my prime time, which would have been useful. And I started Godwin over him. It was just that it was the Thursday night game and Godwin, it was the Saturday night game and Godwin was questionable. I didn't have any other receivers because Quentin Johnson played Thursday night. And, you know, I was like, do I risk the zero with Godwin? So I started Judy. He got me 10 points, which for him was actually good. And then Godwin got 20 the next day or 25 or something. And, and that really hurts because I'm in it. You know, I'm in the overall prime time, by the way. What, what place are you in? I'm in like 61st, but I'm 20 points out of uh, out of like 25th, where which pays 26. And by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, these contests that Liz is talking about with the NFFC runs, they're like DFS contests. So 20 points is close, but yet it's so far away, right? But you know, I've got Lamb and, and Dak against the Lions. I mean, no, if good. those guys, if those guys go 40 each, say, right? I got 80 right there, and I and I get that 200 point week. I mean, I'm in it. It may be a two percent chance, but like it's striking I, distance. I'm if I have a crazy week, like a 230 point week, which happens 1% of the time, right? Like there's going to be some other people at that stack, but not that many. And, you know, I mean, I'm in it. And, and so, you know, that 10, 15 points that I lost because I started Jerry Judy's carcass over Godwin. And I should have just not been a nutless monkey. Cause I should have just been like, look, it's the overall, you know, just don't worry about downside, worry about upside. But it's not like, but the reason I switched it was it's not like Godwin was doing anything before that week either. He was getting right. like five for 50, you know, with no touchdown. So I, I made this switch to Judy with a good matchup and he got 10 points, but Godwin got his best game of the season on my bench, which was unfortunate. All right. So Cortland Sutton, I'm presuming he's going to be out. You have Jared Stidham there. So they're going to be with Marvin Mims and, you know, the rest of the, the crew there, Brandon Johnson. So if you're like, say, in a super flex league, because this doesn't really apply to a single quarterback, you're in your fantasy final. You have to, to look, you're looking at like, okay, I lost, you know, whatever quarterback. I have uh, Mason Rudolph or Jared Stidham. Which one of those guys do you think is a better sleeper? And would you be more confident starting in a two QB league? Yeah, Rudolph, I just feel like uh, I would never use. It was I good last week. last week. I got know, me to I my know. final last week. With I the know. I, I took the Bengals at the spread. I had a disastrous week against the spread. <laughs> that was such a like a flip game where the Bengals, like with Jake Browning, were way better than they were supposed to be. And the Steelers had lost a bunch. I And the line wasn't big enough, so I should have taken the Steelers. It, it, it made no sense, but it made perfect sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd probably go Stidham. Um, but, you know, I, I'm sort of like the lineup advice is not my thing anymore because oh, this is not a lot of advice. This is just pl- uh, parsing out um, football decisions that again, we're going to be talking about the greater football and we're weaving in football situations. I understand what you're saying. I'm not trying to give you a, a forced start sit here, but yeah. Like who are the, who are the Steelers playing again? Like who I, I, I did the, the lines, but I'm not even off the top of my head remembering who they're playing. Okay. Like I just care about my selfish. And I have these opinions that are more like, you know, playoff oriented. Yeah. Like who's going to go at Seattle. At Seattle. Yeah, I mean, that's not great. And then, uh, and who's uh, Stidham playing? Who's Denver playing? Um, the LA Chargers. Yeah, so that's better, right? That's a better situation for him. Um, I would definitely go Stidham. And, you know, the receivers, I, I say never Judy. Uh, and I, I shouldn't have violated that, but Judy's in play. You know, Marvin, those guys are all in play. The problem is you don't know really which one it will be, but they're all viable with that matchup. All right, so... I won't present these these uh, situations as in which one would you start because I could see that triggers you. 
but I well, will you, not. You can ask me. I'm just saying like, I literally would be telling people like, wait, what team are they playing? Which cornerback is out? Like, I, I don't know. So this happens on the Iowa show. They asked me and I'll be like, wait a second. Who is the timeshare guy who got more carries last week? Like, if you don't know that the answer to that, you really shouldn't be telling people who to start. And yeah, I hate well, giving, it's 50, 50 anyway. Who cares? It's well, red or black. Well, you know, well, no, I, I, well, but no, it might not be. It might be that like, actually the, the guy that I'm recommending only got, you know, 30% of the, the, the share last week. And, and I'm not aware of that because I don't care. Cause he's not on my team. Like again, before the season, I study everything because I need to know everything for my draft and weeks one, two, three, four, I'm still up on it. But by week, 17 i'm just like i know who's on my team and i i research their situations well maybe what we should do is make a parody start sit channel so like we pretend we know what we're talking about and we just give out advice and if you follow oh, that's it, what that's what like Stephen a smith does that's what like that's like espn right like they're just on they're just like they're like oh man da, da, da. and then they'll call him out and they'll be like wait that's not even you know he changed teams or whatever. Like, I, didn't he do something crazy a few years back? I, and I like Stephen A. Smith, but but like where he like said something about something and it was like so outdated what he was saying. Like he clearly had just not even paid attention, but he was so used to just getting on the radio, saying what you know, answering questions about sports, and didn't even need to do his research because he was you know knowledgeable enough. Mm-hmm. But I feel guilty. I actually personally don't like it to bullshit people. You know, I, I, I like to be like, well, I just don't know because, and people ask me, uh, my friend's son is, is into fantasy and he texts me all the time. And I said, look, I don't know. You know, oh, I, yeah. I'm not up on it. You know, you're up on it. It's your team. You're in the finals. Like you make your decision. Yeah, no, I get, it's so funny. I get a lot of the, um, the questions and, and I, I bite back a little sometimes. I'm talking about like with non-social media, just like my friends. Right. I was like, well, right. who, who would you start? You know, right. why if it was yeah. my, and I already start a lot of those return sentences. If this was my team, this is how I do it. But I understand if you do it the other way, you know, I, I let that. Well, uh, I'm also like, I don't need your problems. I got my own problems. You know, it's like, it's like if I, if I start somebody and this is my biggest problem, it's like, if, if I sit somebody, I'll root against that guy, you know, even though I should be rooting for him to like do well and get bigger share to like for future weeks, I'll be like, I just don't want to like suffer with what I should have done. And, and it's wrong. So I'll root against it. And so like now that's my own struggle I'm going to have on Sunday. So now I know that I gave advice to somebody who's in the finals. It matters to them. And now my advice is going bad. So now I'm rooting for my advice to be right. So that he's not like, dude, why'd you tell me this? I don't need that problem. I don't, I have enough problems. You know, I don't need your problem too. deal with your own problem. You know, that's what I, when people ask me advice, like it's your fucking problem, you know? Yep. Yeah. I mean, uh, you've done countless podcasts on, uh, what's the, uh, is it, what's the, uh, philosopher about itching the, uh, it Pierce oh, oh, purse, Charles purse. Is that his name? Well, that's, that's a belief. Yeah. It's fixation well, of belief. Yeah. Well, which is kind of, of the same thing, right? You're, you're itching there. You're making the decision for them. Right. It, it, they want, so, so there's, you know, so explain Charles it quickly. Purse, yeah. Charles purse, 19th century philosopher. He wrote a, uh, like a short piece called the fixation of belief. And the premise was, um, doubt, not, I doubt this, but like a sense of uncertainty or doubt is a like a physical, question. That's an example of a doubt. Who do I start? I don't know what to do. This is a discomfort. It's like an irritation, like an itch that needs to be scratched or a, a pain that needs, you know, some sort of uh, some sort of salve. And, you know, and in place of that, what people do is they adopt a belief. So they're like, oh, the rotowire guy told me that this running back is the correct answer. So now the game hasn't happened. It's still 48 hours before the game starts. But now that doubt is gone. You're like, I know who to start. I'm not worried about this anymore. That that irritation, that that anxiety I have is gone. 
Now it may turn out to be wrong and you'll find out later, but you're not between like Friday and Sunday morning. You don't have any problems in the whole world. Your world is peaceful. You have no anxiety. So what people really want is they want that doubt assuaged. And so they're paying you or not even paying you, but just taking your attention and time for no money to do this for them. And that's why these guys sometimes have giant followings on Twitter because they're doubt assuagers, the professional doubt assuagers. And these, and a lot of sites are that, but the reality is like that doubt, that pain, the best way out is Robert Frost. The best way out is always through. Mm -hmm. And you got to just deal with the discomfort and make a decision and having someone do it for you may, you know, may uh, allay that feeling for a minute, but it does. If it's not right, don't even. You don't want that. You want to suffer. Suffer the pain of doubt. That's the antidote to all that. The key to life is to enjoy the unscratched itch. Just enjoy the itch. You don't need a scratch. Mm. I, I I could go a lot of places with that. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, but no, not in your perverse mind. I mean, literally. Oh yeah, yeah That yeah. itch. You know that that yeah. yeah, or the unsatisfied whatever. That is the. If you can master that, you've mastered yourself, and you're the most powerful person in the world. If yeah, you no. literally can have a horrible itch. Right. And you can just sit there and be like, that's a feeling of itching. That's a really strong feeling of itching. And I'm just going to enjoy this feeling. I'm not going to do anything about it. And I have the power to when when these when these uh, discomforts or doubts or itches arise, I'm not I don't need to do anything about it. I can just be with it. You are the most powerful person in the world if you can do that. When uh, with my ex-wife, when I used to, she used to force me to meditate and she would say, you have an ex-wife, dude. I do. I do. I no have shit. I don't know anything about you, man. Holy shit. You have an ex-wife. I have an ex-wife. We're still friends two, to this day. Two, two women agreed to marry you. That, that well, shocking. one thought better of it. Right. Right. But I'm just crazy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but she used to, uh, you know, encourage, strongly encourage meditation and right. Same thing. Like, hey, if you hear a, a honking horn, we were doing it in New York City where there's a lot of right. noise. You hear a honking horn, ignore. Like, don't open your eyes and look. If you have like a back crack, don't do it. You know, like, right. don't be. So it takes time. So the same philosophy there. Yeah. Offline, I'll give you uh, some ex-wife uh, details. Okay. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. But very nice person. Very nice person. Okay. It was my fault. Good. It was definitely okay. my fault. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I take full accountability. Yeah. As you like. Yeah. Um, Brock Purdy. Okay. That's uh, a horrible game. Four interceptions. Two of them, I don't think, were his fault. But Sam Darnold comes in. I think if Sam Darnold would have come in and come back there, we would have like a a true quarterback controversy. Is there any reason that you can think of that the 49ers would uh, maybe in the offseason think about replacing Brock Purdy? Uh, did upgrading? There's going to be a few upgrade options. Russell Wilson might be. Uh, Kirk Cousins. No, no chance. Okay, Cousins so. would be, but but no no way. Russell Wilson. Here's the thing. Um, Brock Purdy was the favorite for MVP uh, a few days ago. And I, I watched him throw the ball. It wasn't too bad, right? Like it, he, he looked like he made a couple of good throws. He did make a couple of mistakes against good defense. I, I don't think there's any reason for panic or alarm with Purdy. Um, but as we know, quarterbacks don't matter. So you could probably get a nutless monkey in there in that situation and be pretty good. Obviously, Purdy's over the threshold of terrible. And Darnold may be, actually, if he were in that situation. We don't know because the sample's way too small. Um, well, we've seen Darnold in other situations. Oh, you're saying, talking about in that environment. It's, in it's, that environment. Like right. how, you know, there's some situations that are so bad that maybe Aaron Rodgers will get destroyed next year with the Jets, and it won't matter that it's Aaron Rodgers. You know, we don't know. But we know with the Niners, it's, you know, you don't have to be very good, we don't think, to be really good in that system. I mean, um, it's, yeah. So, so basically, I, I think... There's nothing to worry about with Purdy if you're the Niners right now, just from that one game. But the playoffs will really tell the tale, right? I mean, if he um, throws four interceptions against 
well, Dallas he destroyed in the in the regular season who has a good defense. But if it happens in the playoffs and maybe they'll make a switch, but I, I just don't think you would do anything based on the information from that one game. And also let's keep in mind, if you're thinking about like dynasty keeper or just even like real football, there's nothing more valuable in football than having a good quarterback, a functional quarterback on a rookie contract. If you're going to pay up 35 million for Russell Wilson, or even 24 million for like, you know, a Minshew type and just say, Oh, Purdy, you move over to the side. That makes no sense because now other pieces of your team will suffer. So you have a guy that was a seventh round pick making what, like I'm just, I think at one point he's making like $780,000. Like it wasn't even over a million. It's like, you know, next year it'll probably be, and they'll probably restructure him after 24 or give him an extension if it, if it works out. But that's another piece of this too. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, this is why like this, again, those dumbass running backs don't matter. People like certain situations are different, right? Like in San Francisco as currently constituted with the offensive line and the weapons, you need a certain level and that's it. And and so don't spend the money on that, right? If you get the Kirk Cousins, then you're going to have to let other pieces go. And it's just a different team. Um, other situations, you know, the quarterback, you know, if you have a Mahomes, but even he seems insufficient right now. Um, that's that's what you build around. And you, and you, you know, they shouldn't let Tyreek Hill go, it turns out. Um, they, did win a, they, they did win a Super Bowl, but, you know, yep. that's... That's true. That's true. Uh, eight hundred and seventy thousand dollars for Purdy this year. Next year, nine hundred eighty-five thousand dollars salary. I mean, that's in just, twenty in twenty-five, one point one million. He was a seventh round pick. It's kind of sad because they have every incentive to just run that out. They will, and then inle- unless he's and then he, unless he's like so good, like he just proves he's Tom Brady somehow or whatever. Just be like, yeah, sorry, we're going to sign the whoever the Kirk Cousins of that year is. You know to it, you know, the Stafford cousins, whoever's available a couple years later and just say, thanks for your service. And he got paid four mil. Now he'll probably get, if they win a super bowl or two, you know, the 20 field, the Minshew money, at least for somewhere else after that. But you know, my model's always been like, everyone's like, Oh, you got to draft that Trevor Lawrence or that Zach Wilson or whoever the first or second overall pick is on QB, but you don't, right. You really don't. It's not necessarily the way to win. And, um, the Niners have been very sharp. I think Shanahan is a huge part in that. Like to have a coach with that kind of offensive system makes a huge difference. But look at Jimmy it, G in the two different systems in Raiders and, you know, beginning of the year and when he was with San Fran. It, I, I think, you know, it's, um, it's really interesting. I think, I think, I don't know if it'll change, but in like 10, 15 years, we may be talking about, oh no, you don't pay the quarterback. There's like two quarterbacks worth the max. You know, it's like the Josh Mahomes. Allen, Patrick Mahomes. And then everybody else, you try to pay the offensive tackle. You pay for like a an elite hybrid running back, an elite outside wide out who can stretch the field, an elite tight end who can block, and get, you know. And and this is how you do it. And that was a mistake. That whole like over overly relying on QBs. That era where they just paid the QB whatever. Where there's Daniel Jones or Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson at that stage of his career was a total mistake. And talk about good deals. Do you know how much um, Baker Mayfield's contract was for? Let's just take a guess without thinking about it. 10 mil. Eight. All right. Good deal. Right. So next year, I mean, you could say, what would you rather have next year? Uh, Baker Mayfield for 25 million, because let's say he garners 25 to 28, or you have to extend Trevor Lawrence to the 40 million per. I and you know, and, I, and Baker Mayfield, you could do the two-year deal too. You could do yeah. I, I would take May, Mayfield. I would take yes. Mayfield. I, I mean, yes. I you know Lawrence still has more upside, obviously, but Mayfield played at a high level in Cleveland one year too. He's playing well now. I wrote this in my in my uh, Real Man Sports blog, um, basically that 
Jared, you know, the Baker Mayfield was Jared Goff after a couple good games. Jared Goff, people don't remember. Now, the Lions fan who, who responds a lot was, was aghast at that comparison, but probably not anymore. Jared Goff was left for dead after the Stafford trade. It was like, this was like a negative that the Lions took on in the trade to, to, for the Rams to land Stafford. And now Jared Goff is a pretty good quarterback. Mayfield is a pretty good quarterback, but Mayfield before the season was like left for dead. So this people can't remember now that these guys are good, like how left for dead they really were. I mean, Goff was literally left for dead after, after the they, Rams got rid of they him. Had, they had to take on the Rams gave the lions a yes. pick to take yeah. him. Yeah. For the, for the salary and Mayfield, you know, it was an $8 million quarterback. He was left for dead. And, and all these guys like Minshew Mayfield Goff, they're all just guys, but they're over the level. They're NFL quarterbacks. They're real NFL quarterbacks. Um, they're not, um, you know, the Sam Darnold who may be one day or Zach Wilson or Tommy DeVito who are just kind of not quite NFL quarterbacks. They're backups at best, you know? And so, you know, when, when a guy's an NFL quarterback, put him in a decent situation and he's going to look like, you know, a, a borderline pro bowler. But there's literally like a handful of quarterbacks like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and, and Patrick Mahomes that are, you know, they're worth the money that you pay them. I think Jalen Hurts might just be just a guy, by the way. But there's other things with Jalen Hurts that I think um, is excusable to pay in the elite tier. One, I mean, the guy squats 600 pounds and it shows up on the field with the tush push, right? right. I mean, that's, that's the a, reason. I mean, it's a big advantage. It's a big, big advantage. advantage. The guy seems like he has command of the locker room. He's always been a winner going back to like college. Well, when they're winning, it looks like that. But let's see, you know, let's see if they get bounced and they're start off three and four next year. Like, you know what goes on. I mean, sure. I guess that it hasn't happened is, is a point in his favor, and, but and just think about remember going back to his college days in the championship game, he was replaced with Tua. What does the guy do transfers out? And then when brings another program to a winning thing, like I'm saying, like those things are character things in real football that you do want. I know, like, of course you want like the maniac linebacker or the, I like a diva wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? Right. I like a key yeah. but with a quarterback, you do want someone that's resilient when things go bad. But I mean, look at Mayfield, look at golf. I mean, these guys were left for dead and now they're leading teams, you know, possibly the playoffs, certainly the Lions are in the playoffs, maybe the Bucks. I mean, no one those, thinks those guys have upside in the playoffs. Maybe they, they don't do. have upside, but they're resilient. I mean, right. they're resilient as hell. I mean, you know, those guys believe in themselves. They don't, they, Mayfield and golf could have been like, all right, I had my three-year run. I'll just go be a backup now and take some easy money. But no, those guys are like, they want to win a Super Bowl, And, um, you know, Hurts, Hurts may be one of those guys, you know, they're resilient, but is Hurts in the other tier with, you know, Mahomes and, and Josh Allen and maybe Lamar Jackson. I'm sort of getting more sold on Lamar Jackson just because like he it's every year the Ravens are good. And he lost the other thing about Lamar Jackson for MVP is he lost his best receiver by far. He lost Mark Andrews. Like all the other guys you're talking about have basically had their weapons intact. And that, that's kind of a big deal, right? I mean, Lamar's had the year he's had without, without Andrews. Yeah. Lamar Jackson. It's just so funny to, you know, that he went the last pick of the first round when it wasn't like, Oh, we just found this guy in the third round. Like it, it was known that Lamar had this type of upside. And I, you know, the, the easy joke here is that the Ravens had two picks in that round and they took Hayden Hurst first. Right. They didn't even, they didn't even know. Right. Nobody knows. I mean, the, the Patriots, they got Tom Brady. Did they take him in the second round? No, they took him in the sixth round. They didn't know. Yeah. Right. You but know, you know, it, Lamar was a, a guy that was considered falling. No was, one thought, yeah, that's, I'm just yeah, saying he's a prospect. They, I mean, you know, right. he, he was people, 
And I was, you know, I was like, I wouldn't pay Lamar. I think I wrote this. I may not have written it, but I was thinking it like because the running quarterback's a young man's game. You know, he's been around since 2018, right? Um, and you were in 2023, end of 2023. Like, it, this is a young man's game. And if he loses that, like, where does he rank among the QBs just to have the defense have to deal with that? Well, he hasn't really lost that. He's still, you know, he hasn't, he's gotten injured a little bit, but he hasn't like gotten injured more than his regular share of a, of a drop back passer. And so, you know, I, he's, he's held up now. Um, if they, if they win a Super Bowl this year, then whatever you paid him is always worth it. If they get bounced and get upset in the early in the playoffs, which they might, um, and then he gets hurt next year, then you'll say, okay, that was stupid. You see, he's, he's too injury prone as a running quarterback. But Lamar got hurt last year in the pocket, not as a runner. So that's right. the great irony of the whole thing. Well, right? look at like, all the guys who've gotten hurt this year who pocket right. passers. You know, I mean, Kirk Cousins is a pocket passer. Aaron Rodgers is a pocket passer. So um, it, anyone can get hurt. But you know, McNair's career, I think, was sort of the was was sort of the RG3. template. RG well, RG three just got hurt after his, at the end of his rookie year and never was the same. But McNair was like great, and because he had this running aspect and he was a good thrower. But then Cam. when he lost the running, he just didn't. Well, Cam was still running in New England. You know, it was just that he was a marginal passer that he, I think he had shoulder problems or something. And then like once he lost that, um, he was below the margin. He was below the, the he was he turned into Tebow, basically. He was out of the league in at age 30 when most quarterbacks this time that are, let's say, above that level, the, even the Andy Dalton level are playing to 35 years old. I mean, Andy Dalton's that old. He, he made some starts. So, Well, Flacco, uh, look at Flacco. But but the thing is, can't, Flacco came in the league three years before Newton. But Newton, uh, I thought he had a shoulder injury, I think was just part of it. Yep. Uh, I want to go back to Russell Wilson for a second. Okay, so the team has already said they're going to cut him next year. Like, and, and again, this could just be reporting. It may not be true. The offseason, they're being repaired. But if Russell Wilson is truly free to sign with any team, which team do you think is the best fit? Take into account that he's going to want his 35 mil, right? So, I mean, is, is the no one's going to pay him 35 mil? Nobody. All right. What if it's 28? Doesn't matter. Whatever it is, he's going to, he's going to be in 24. The, there'll be a team that's a little bit more desperate than that because there's going to be teams that don't get the rookie quarterbacks. There's three or four of them that, that are left like with the Taylor Heineken. I'll go. I'll go. I'll definitely do a bet under 30. So you want to go? Okay, so if what, he what makes thirty million and one dollar in two thousand twenty-four, or whatever, from his new yeah. team, average, twenty bucks. We'll, we'll 20 do bucks. A, fine. Twenty bucks. Average salary. Average salary. Right. But you said twenty-four. I said twenty-eight. So okay, now fine. Twenty-six. Twenty-six. I'll go under twenty-six. Well, I'll give you. I'll give you twenty-eight because that's what I said. It was twenty-eight. Fine. Under twenty-eight. So, I'll right. Say. If it's twenty-seven and any change, you win. Right. Done. Okay. Right. Average annual salary. Right. Right? right. That helps you. I mean, yeah. actually, it probably helps me, but whatever. It yeah. doesn't matter. Okay, fine. Um, 20 bucks. By the way, I think the Ramon, I couldn't find the Ramondre bet like anywhere. And I think it might have been total touchdowns. And, and the reason I think that is I remember feeling like, oh, yeah, I, I think Ramondre will have more rushing touchdowns. You're like, we'll do total touchdowns. And I was like, okay, if you want to do that, fine, right. um, which was dumb of you. But it actually helped you because Zeke's gotten a couple of receiving and we're tied then. And Ramondre's done. He's on AR now. So right. you, I'll you've win got it a free this week. roll. I'll win it this week. Uh, you may. You may. But the right, point well, is, that, if it was gracious. rushing touchdowns, if it was I'd rushing lose. touchdowns, I would have won. Probably. But not so we can wipe the bet off the board if you want. No, no, no. I'll pay you. I, I think now that I couldn't find the rushing one, I started thinking maybe you were being generous by as letting I, it be total. As I usually then, am. And then it actually redounded to your benefit because that's yeah. going to win it for you. So see, car karma, generosity, karma came back for me. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so Russell Wilson, you didn't name a team. What do you think would be a team, uh, a couple of the usual suspects that would actually look into him and that this would represent an upgrade? I mean, I can't really, let me just think on the top of my Atlanta. head. I mean, the Raiders are always like getting the recycled products. Um, no Atlanta. That's the obvious one, right? I guess Atlanta. I mean, the thing is like Wilson, he's old, right? He's not going to be, unless he goes cheap, like 12 million. No, no that ain't happening. That so ain't happening. Why? Why can't he be a Mayfield? Because he had a decent year this year. That's the, that's yeah, the issue. Yeah. It's, he's not, he's, he has not been as kicked around as Mayfield. His perception, his perception isn't elite, but all he has to do is show there's going to be a team desperate enough. And also, he does bring a name brand equity. His name brand is still good, whereas Baker Mayfield's name brand, like you just said, was like in the mud. It was almost yeah, like, yeah. hey, we're giving you a chance to compete with Kyle Trask last year. Right. No, I get it. I get it. But Russell was terrible last year. He was just merely adequate, merely adequate this year. And, you know, and, and so Steelers? And, and he's got a bad rep, like in terms of like locker room clubhouse, the things you're saying about Hertz, yeah. they say the opposite about Russell. Right. So like you're rebuilding team. Cause obviously you're, you're not signing. If you're, if you're a good team, you probably have a quarterback, right? Well, so how about the Vikings? The Vikings are a good team. And Kirk cousins is, is a, uh, an Achilles 36 year old that won't be ready till. Yeah. Like, but they're not going to pay him 28 million and then have cousins come. No, just afford- goodbye cousins. Cause they're not, it's an unrestricted free agent cousins. Right. But cousins could be back for week one. Don't you think? No. Achilles. Rogers was trying to play this year, but he didn't. Right, but I mean, it was like you know, it was in the. I think Cousins will be back for the summer next year. These guys are not are a honest. mobile guy. He's not a mobile yeah. guy. All right, so well, Cousins how, didn't didn't take the the shot either. By the way, you know that, right? That's oh, interesting. interesting. So you know, I, you never know what he's doing. But but the point is that that uh, that I, I think Cousins with with Jefferson in his prime and Addison coming along, Hawkinson hurts. That hurts that he's going to be without him. But with those two receivers in indoors, I just feel like that's like the it's not going to get better than that for cousins. Okay. So the other one is, and this one I'm borrowing uh, or I'm taking from a friend of mine, uh, Cody Carpentier. He said, uh, the Seahawks have an out on Gino. I think I, I don't Can you imagine that. That would be interesting to get all those picks <laughs> and then get him back. Anyway, it's kind of yeah. like Dave Pornoy buying, buying back his company. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, maybe, you know, I, I think I, that's not a, that's he knows the cr- offense. Well, but like the, he, there was a lot of sourness around that. You know? uh, divorce couples get back together all the time. Not all the time. I wouldn't say all the time. It um, happens. It happens. Right. Okay. Well, don't tell your wife that you're you and your ex. You're talking about your ex. <laughs> you're talking about how divorced couples get back together. You know? Yeah, I know. I know. Well, yeah. I, I, again, even if I wanted to, I don't think that that door is open for me. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, yeah. um, you know, you level the building and uh, that corpse that they, she found in the closet was uh, yeah. was the end of the line for you, huh? I think that would have been like still reconcilable. I, yeah. I, I you know, yeah. go with the whole, I, I'll lay down yeah. on, on the couch here and, you know, yeah. tell you Dr. Right. Liss what, what happened. Yeah. All right. So we covered a couple of the quarterback. Uh, oh, J- uh, Sam Howell gets benched. Why are they benching Sam Howell when they're out of the playoffs for Jacoby Brissett? What's, what's the purpose of this? Uh, you know, I saw a tweet on this by Pianowski and I, I totally agreed with it. Um, that, that basically like everybody else on the team exists. It's not just the quarterback. Right. So like, if Brissett plays well, Howell plays terrible, and you've got receivers and linemen, everybody doing their jobs. If you're just like, we're going to go with the guy playing terrible and have no accountability for that, um, it's bad for the culture, you know. And I that's I think that's just true. Um, and it's not like Howell's some prospect that they need to develop that they spent all this capital day, on. Yeah, you know, day three pick. 
he, he's he's had enough sample that you know he's probably at best a Minshew, and that's at best you know, and I think at worst you know just a garden variety backup that you bring in. So I I think it's the right call. The uh, you hit it right on the head with Minshew. I said that Howell is because he's a day three pick and he's already he's basically a YOLO. Tyler Heineke, Minshew type at this point, right? Like a bridge to a to a rookie on another team, or just like a fun backup. Yeah, I mean the thing about those guys because they, you know, they have some balls to like throw, you know, throw the ball into traffic and make plays and scramble around and do whatever. Um, sometimes they get it, you know. They they still get better by being around football more, understanding defenses better, and you'll get a Minshew who's suddenly maybe a top fifteen quarterback in the league, you know, or. Um, a guy like Rich Gannon, if you don't remember, he won MVP. He was a guy like that. And all of a sudden he won MVP in the right system. And so, you know, I, I feel like, um, there's, there's, those guys should be back, you know, top backups, but so is Brissett. Brissett's another one. Of them. I mean, it's like, I don't think there's any real difference between those guys. Weeks one through 10 in the NFL first two months of the season, Sam Howe was QB three in fantasy football lists. Yeah, well, he took a lot of sacks, threw a lot of passes, and, you know, slung it around a lot. But that, you know, that's just fantasy. Night, well, which is why people are tuning in as well, right? No, I, I'm saying it's fine, yeah. but I'm saying when you're talking about who, which yeah. the team's going to replace a guy or not, that's, you know. Tommy DeVito, uh, here's the easy joke, ready? Tommy DeVito got whacked, right? I mean, that's kind of like the easy, yeah. low-hanging fruit joke. Uh, I mean, it, it was so obvious that Tyrod was the he just looked better looked more which again shouldn't surprise anybody i needed one more catch one more reception from barkley on that final drive and to win like a 400 dollars league or to get into the finals of a 400 dollars league and because i lost by one point i mean that's fantasy football so i was hoping tyra i mean i don't know side venting right there but anyway tommy devito does he have a future in the nfl uh i mean tyrod's obviously probably the 30th best quarterback in the league so he'll he'll either be a starter or a high-end backup next year DeVito might have a future as a backup, you know? I mean, he he, he certainly wasn't like uh, QB1 where he just got in there and got destroyed. I mean, he, he's done okay under tough circumstances. But uh, I don't know. He's marginal. He's a marginal backup, I think. Uh, Tyra Taylor has gotten some of the worst deal besides being knifed. He um, He's always just been considered a backup, but, like, he's always been pretty good when he plays. You know, there was the Browns year where make, make, they took Mayfield with the number one pick, but they started – um Tyrod didn't didn't that happen and then they finally like fired the well, coach and switched right I mean like, you have to you take a guy number one overall and this was in the right, era but why would they even start Tyrod it was just so stupid but well like, you know the rookie's got to earn it you know, rookie's right earn but it. I mean the number one guy's got to start this is not 1998 you know Peyton Manning started but like usually the guy would sit a whole year um with these rookie contracts now yeah they used to get big money so it didn't matter as much but like Tyrod um He's good. I think he's like good. I think he's like, you know, I, I think if Tyrod, this is going to sound a little crazy, but if Tyrod were on the Eagles, you know, like you'd be like, oh, this guy is one of these surprise quarterbacks. If you were on the Niners, like I think he's over the threshold. And um, it'll be 35 and, when the season starts, which yeah, by the I way mean, is, yeah. is young man nowadays. Kirk and, because, and he has no, you know, no wear and tear because he hasn't played that much. So I mean, he's gotten hurt a ton. But, you know, he has no, like, just cumulative, like, workload wear and tear. So, yeah, he'll be a backup for another couple of years. I mean, he's a guy that, like, you know, Gino didn't get started till he was in his 30s, really, for a career after he got punched in the face that time. That was really bad luck. Fitzpatrick was like Tyrod. He, he was, like, good. He, he never really got, you know, 
his full-time gigs till he was in his late thirties either. So I don't know. He's, he's not like a guy to worry about in fantasy, but Geno Smith is only uh, 16 months younger than Tyrod. I know. I mean, he, he got, he was supposed to start for the Jets, got punched in the face and then Fitzpatrick took over and was that like, you know, Fitz magic guy for a couple of games. Gino never got his job back. He's the guy always going to be the guy who replaced broke Eli's streak. Um, and then suddenly in his thirties, he gets to start and he's like, you know, decent, but again, Gino, just a guy, just like all these other ones. Would you mind talking through one other player while I relieve myself? And that's not code for anything. Because uh, I want I want I have a bunch of stuff to ask you and I won't last for another 25 minutes. So yeah. but the 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 queue up I want to do here. Key to life is the untaken piss. The untaken a, yeah. piss. Well, I wish I should go Gatorade bottle underneath now, but I don't I don't fit in that. I'm I'm too wide. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's uh yeah, that's not a good thing, you know. That's a, that's not a good thing. Well, it depends what size bottle. But oh, no, uh, the large bottle, you know, the yeah, wide the, mouth bottle. Yeah, the, yeah okay, it gets okay, stuck well, on there. It's the head. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry. Tip, I'm sorry that you had that problem. Stuck in there, yeah. That's a that's a problem. You know, it's not not everything is bigger isn't always better. There's a limit to that. You know. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, the old Joe Rogan joke is that if um if penis enlargement pills actually worked, the first overdose would happen an hour two. You know. Yeah, of course, right. of course. Right, like yeah. people would you know would be carrying them on their shoulders. Real man gets the reduction surgery. Real man has to have a reduction <laughs> surgery. <laughs> like All right, just just so, to reproduce, just in order to reproduce. Getting but, a lot of questions about Zamir White. Uh, his teammates they call him Zeus. I mean, the guy had 145 yards last week. Um, just talk about and you know me, I go quickly. Where Zamir White would rank? Is, you know, is Josh Jacobs playing? Let's let's assume not playing because if he okay. is playing, then this doesn't this doesn't matter. Right. All right. This is exactly the type of assignment that I totally reject. Like, I don't give a shit about this. I don't have Zamir White. I haven't looked up. That's why I didn't even know if Josh Jacobs was playing. So Alan is like, oh, go start ranking Zamir White. Not only am I not aware even who the Raiders are playing, I did look at it to make my uh, perspective line pick. But I I have no idea. Um, and I, I have no idea what the you know workload split is. I don't even know how many catches he got. I was aware that he got a lot of rushing yards. But this is the kind of thing where, you know, it's a ridiculous assignment for me to have. And uh, I'm not going to rank Zamir White when I haven't even looked at rankings. Don't make rankings. Right. I have no idea about I this. I just meant, is he, is he startable? Like, well, uh, like, if Josh Jacobs has been playing, of course he's startable. Who are right. they playing this week? Um, the Raiders. Let me see. I'll look it up while we're talking here. But I, I just meant like, okay, let's say you have like Austin Eckler, right? Who has just not been doing well. And but Zamir White is, gets to start. So something like, like a name brand player versus... Zamir White. I mean, you have to kind of detach yourself from those name brand guys that you drafted in the first round. That's really what what this question's about. Yeah, but I, of course, of course, you just look at the facts, you know, on the ground. Like, you know, how many targets is Eckler getting? How many carries? Doesn't matter that you drafted him with your first round pick at Indy the, right. Raiders. Okay, that's not too bad. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like that would be a, a player I'd feel fine with. If if you know a guy's going to get twenty odd carries um, in a non horrendous matchup. Uh, that's, that's, you know, that's easy, right? We had a, we had a Pacheco question here. Um, and I just, th there's a reason I'm going to ask you about it. Right. Uh, Pacheco, man, this guy, not only does he run with like reckless abandonment, but the guy gets his helmet knocked off and still keeps running, gets kneed in the head. I mean, this has almost been like ridiculous at this point where like, he just has no regard for his body there, Liz. Yeah. Marion the Barbarian. Remember him? May he rest in peace. Okay. Mm. That dude, uh, um, Marion uh, Barber for the Cowboys, used to just, same thing. He would get the ball, 
and he would just try to run everybody over. He wouldn't go out of bounds. You know, if there were two guys hitting him the sideline, he would lower shoulder and deliver a blow to the linebackers. Now, that's great for the individual linebacker that you smashed in, you know, smashed up. But remember, there's there's 11 of them and there's one of you. And they're only getting in on some of the hits. You're getting in on all of the hits. And you don't last long doing that. And that's how I felt about Pacheco from the beginning. Um, he wasn't much of a pass catcher. They didn't use him in that. They throw to him occasionally but he's mostly just a smash mouth running back and he's not even that big and it caught up to him. And you know, those guys are not long for the league. It's just, it's just not possible to be uh, built in such a way to take that kind of punishment over the long haul. Right. And you know, you get, and that's how you do it. If you're an NFL team, you draft a guy in the seventh round or the day three, you use them up and then, you know, let somebody else give them that second contract and they end up usually like Miles Sanders. Not that Miles Sanders is a day three pick, but unproductive, you know, I mean, so. Yeah, and Miles Sanders yeah. the opposite. He's not that guy at all. You know, he's more of the Robert Smith run out of bounds when you can get a couple yards, you know. More Good so. reference there. Good reference. Yeah. Uh, I just want last football question before I flip over to some some other stuff that's going on in your world is MVP race. Brock Purdy was minus 200 on this podcast last week. He's now like 19 to one. I've never seen a fall like that before. It's the craziest thing. It's all on one game. It's almost like well, if this game happened three weeks ago, nobody would care, right? Well, so no, no, it wasn't just that. It was that this Lamar. game, this game, right. It was against Lamar who then went way up. And two, it was against the top team in the AFC, um, which basically uh, cemented like which the best team in the NFL is, right? So the quarterback on the best team in the NFL is the guy who wins. Purdy was very much that guy, like circumstantially best team in the NFL. He's the quarterback. He could win MVP. Now they're not the best team, and he was bested by a team with another quarterback and also another team that there's nobody else on that team that could even credibly win it. So, um, you know, you're not going to give it to uh, – who's that safety that had all the picks against Purdy? Um, Hamilton. That 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 um, – you know, there's no guy on, on – there's no Christian McCaffrey. There's no um, – Tyreek Hill on the Ravens. So th there's no one else to give it to. So if the Ravens are the top team in the league, it's probably just going to be Lamar, who's now the favorite. And that makes sense. Um, I think there's a case if, if the Dolphins win in Baltimore, which I don't think they'll do, but they could, obviously. And um, they win like 20 to 19. And Tua has like 220 yards and two touchdowns. But they're both the Tyreek Hill. And he has like 14, you know, 12 catches for 200 or 190 yards and both the touchdowns. And they're like sick touchdowns. I think Tyreek then may, uh, you know, if the Dolphins end up being the one seed, Tyreek could end up being the the MVP in that case next week. All right, here your here's your updated odds for anyone uh, at the time of recording here. Tyreek is plus two thousand on on DraftKings, so that's not bad. Brock Purdy plus twelve hundred, going all the way up to the top. Lamar is minus one seventy. McCaffrey is actually number two at plus four hundred. And then Josh Allen looks like it's still a little bit of a value here at plus 1,300. It really hurt that the Ravens won that game against the Niners because the Ravens lose. Uh, the Bills could have, I think, gotten closer to the one seed or gotten a higher seed. Um, but now the Ravens are sort of pulling away. And the only way that the, that the Bills win the division is if Miami loses to the Ravens. Now there's a clear guy above Josh Allen. I think that's the problem. Had the Ravens lost that game, and then beat Miami and the Bills won the division. Now the Ravens are less than the Niners. So Lamar's not the supreme on the Supreme team. And then the Bills are ahead of Miami. So they're like one of the top teams. Now both those things can't happen because of that, that game. Now you can't have both Lamar not being on the best team 
and the Bills winning the division. Those two things can't simultaneously happen. And because of that, um, I think Josh Allen is pretty much out. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet him now. All right. Well, yeah, that makes sense to me. So you would, if you have, if I gave you a hundred dollars and told you you have to bet it, you would take the the minus one seventy odds. The bad no, odds no way, no, no, because the Tyree Kill ones. I'd probably take Tyree Kill, and then I would probably. It's not that if the Dolphins win, Tyreek wins because Tua, you know, is like a long shot. But, but if he wins, and it's obviously Tyreek more than Tua, I think that would be a pretty big case. And um, it's unfortunate that he missed that game, so he was going to break the yardage record, you know, and that would have been a big yeah. case too. But if Tyreek goes for two hundred and they beat him, I would. If I had to put a hundred down, I would put it on Tyreek though, just for the upside. Yeah, Dak plus two thousand. Birdie, Cowboys are so clearly, you know, after losing to Miami and losing to um, San Fran, San Fran, uh, they're just so clearly not it. All right. If you stuck with us this long, just want to let everybody know you can find all of Chris List's content over on realmansports.com or chrislist.com. Or does it have to do all the dots? No, just realmansports.com. I mean, okay, the, the chrislist.com is just going to be for the non-sports stuff. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you want to oh, see yeah, his non-sports, yeah. there's people that also yeah. like non-sports stuff. Um, if you want to get a look behind Rotowire's paywall for free, fantasy baseball rankings are up, rest of season basketball rankings, playoff football, rotowire.com forward slash try, put in your email. Um, Paywall unlocks rotowire.com forward slash try. Any rotowire listeners listening that are not familiar with Chris List, he's he was one of the, the co-founders of uh of Rotowire, one of the five original partners, and uh now doing his own thing over at realmansports.com. For those of you who are familiar with Chris List, you're probably already on realmansports.com. All right. Uh let's uh anything else football thoughts here before we uh, pivot off? No, not really. I just let's do this. You know, I believe, you know, I got a royal flush at the poker table, Alan. I can get <laughs> I up 220. I can get it. Yeah, nobody knows. Uh, I can get a 220 point week. I can win the prime. T- I mean, I should have last year, but I just listened to you and started Daniel Jones. I would have got seven grand. Uh, you know, that whole DeMar Hamlin game was so crazy because, like, literally all the Bengals and Bills, all these key guys, Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs got zeros. Right, that was like crazy. Say, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you never know. And I, you know, that knocked out like 30 people that would have easily, you know, cashed. And you never know. Like, just you just want to be in range, get your team in. Knock on wood. Kenny Walker's banged up. Saquon's a little banged up. If all my guys play, like I, I believe I can get a 220 point week, no problem. I can win the whole thing. So I'm still in. You know, I just want to be in it on, on week 17. Fair enough. Actually, we got a good question in the chat, which I think will spark. I already know how you're going to answer this, but um, Ted says, would you split a championship pot 50-50 taking a chance of winning or, you know, if it's an all or nothing pot, if it's not like a 70-30 pot, would you go 50-50 or would you just say there's $1,000 in the pot and it's 1000 I know it's also, what, and let's say your projections are pretty close too. What would you do? I mean, it depends on your financial situation, right? Let's, let's um, just say your your financial situation. Your no, financial I would not split it. No, I would just take. I would go all in. I mean, look, here's the thing. Like, would you rather play for five hundred instead of a thousand? Like, would you rather just have half the entry fee and just have a smaller stakes league, or do you want your league to have a thousand or two thousand or whatever it is? Um, if you want the higher stakes league, don't split. If you actually don't like the stakes, um, then split. You know, if you want it to be bigger, then 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 do it. Now, um, you know, if it's high enough, it was ten thousand. I might take, hey, let's take two thousand each off the table and play for the eight or something. You know, because now you're talking about real money. It's a couple grand is is nice, but for one thousand, I would I think I would, I think I would play for the whole thing. 
there I'm in my highest stakes championship that I'm in, like like standalone league, not NFFC or anything. There is two thousand for the winner, seven hundred for second place. So I'm in. I got the seven hundred banked, right? Mm-hmm. I asked the guy. I said, "Do you want to pull, make it seventeen hundred and a thousand, right? Like right. change the thing?" Right. He said, "No." So because he's the favorite, slight favorite. He's like you know in the projections, he's he's get, he's like fifty five percent, fifty eight percent. So I understand, but I always figure you got to ask. Um, because, like I said, I'm I'm a little concerned about uh, beating him. A lot of things would have to go right for me. Well, I, I told you there's a, a tweet that I saw. Uh, the circuit contest, the quote self-proclaimed best better in the world, was offered a chop in the six million nine million dollar now circuit to contest, and he this declined. Pick, survivor or picks contest? Survivor, I think. Okay. I think I think it was Survivor, right. and he declined it, and then he got bounced. Okay, so he lost a lot of money on that. But if you're the best better in the world, then you'll win it back. Uh, and I said, I feel this pain because I did the same thing in 2000. I declined. I really thought I had the gift of prophecy. I had a monster year against the spread. And I thought, why would I split this evenly? I, I'm the best player. You know, I should win. And of course I lost. Um, and uh, so I, I feel this pain. It was only like 15 grand the pot or something like that or 12 or something. It was between 12 and 15. And there was a tip we had to give the organizer. But, uh, you know, real man, real man goes all in. But, I, you know, for nine mil, I would have taken like a mil off the table or whatever if it were there. But, yep. Last week, heading into the night game with San Francisco, there was a um, a, a ticket posted. I don't know if it was real or not, but it was a credible account that posted it. And it was an anytime touchdown from one. To, it was like McCaffrey. Nine, it was McCaffrey needed to score. And he yeah, did. You saw that. Was that? Yeah. yeah, he did. But would you have hedged that? It was $5 to win 490000 You would have hedged a hundred grand if you could, right? I know it's hard. Yeah, easier the problem, it's so than, hard to hedge, right? Like when, when uh, Dalton and I were down to 23 teams, we're talking to like Rufus, right? Who like moves a lot of money in Vegas. But this wasn't could, like a, an if-then, though. This was like, hey, you could hedge it right there and then with your DraftKings account. Well, you got to get a hundred grand in the account, right, to bet the uh, to bet the no, no score, right? Mm, right. How are you gonna How are you gonna move your bank and they just let you make a transfer? No, you're right. You're right. This is complex, right? And and so I was thinking, like, okay, so it was week twelve. There are twenty three people left. It's like, all right, well, we could have money lined the Lions against the Cardinals, right? Because we had the Cardinals and we got bounced. And they were 12 points. So it would have been like, you know, five to one or something like that. So we could put what, like five grand on that, you know, or something to get 25. Our equity was like 200 something thousand. Um, And okay. Like, but if we lose now we're out, you know, the five grand or whatever. And then let's say you lose, you know, you you stay alive the next week and it's not, you know, as big of a spread. So now you're, you're out now 15, 20, 30 grand. Now you're like already bleeding like 30 to 50 grand and there's still eight people left and there's two, you know, and you're in this thing where, well, I need to get the money. I got to hurry. Like, Hey, is, can Rufus do this? Can we get this money to him in time? And you know, this is just not a headache you want, right? We, we bought him for a thousand. We're willing to lose the thousand. You're having fun. And now you're creating stress and headache. Now, if it was a totally liquid market, like a stock market where you have your bank linked and you have plenty of liquidity and it's easy to move money in and out. Okay. That would be different, right? Then you would just hedge and do the, the this math. Was different. This thing was different. It was just one event, one time, right. one hit. Right, but you still needed to be able to move in that hundred k. I guess you could just say, okay, what's my max? I move in ten k. Yeah, but let's say you had, let's say you you like it's a real sports book. Let's say you like you. I'm just going to hypothetically say it was MGM. You can call customer service on the phone and say, hey, you know, or or would you take? Okay, is your bank going to let you move that money in like without like a big you know? Would they give you a line of credit? Yeah. Oh, a line of credit would be great. They probably charge you some interest on that. But that's fine. You win automatically. Right. You said, yeah, right. And it's only interest for like a couple of days. Yeah, I, I probably would have, right? For 400K, I probably would have hedged, you know, and tried to get at least like 40 or 50K out of it, you know, just, right. and if you, and if, and of course, 
you would end up taking it back 350 instead of 400. But Who cares? I don't think you, I, I mean, you care. I mean, it's the a guy by not. Pat. Well, I mean, that's still 50K is 50K. You know, I mean, like, you know, the guy got it all now, Alan. He got every bit. Well, we don't know what he did. We don't know if he hedged or not. That's right. But I'm saying, assuming he didn't, you got all of it. 50, yeah. Just because you won 400K tomorrow, you're going to just throw 50K in the garbage, you know? Uh, that's what we talked about with Russell Wilson. Just because you're a multi, multi tens of millionaire doesn't mean you want to throw, yeah, you know, no, any no, no. injury guarantees out the window. All right. What's going on this week on the uh, Chris List podcast, which you just emailed out uh, to everybody? I, I've listened to the first 10 or so minutes. What do you want um, to tease everyone about so they go listen to the Chris List podcast this week? Yeah, I talked about a lot of stuff. It was a long one. And it was, I, I, yeah, I liked, it really was I liked, a long one, a short yeah. one. Short no, one. it wasn't a short one. It was I a long know. one for real. Um, Give me the, the the top two topics that so, might entice people. So, uh, okay. So it might entice people is different than the top two topics, but um, my top two topics were uh, one is AI um, not having a problem from the map to the territory. Like, and, and talking about how like AI will beat you in chess because the map of chess, right? Like the sort of representation in your mind of what chess is, the representation in, in in bits is the same thing as chess, right? Like the wood grain of the board doesn't matter. The reality of chess, like how the wood grain is, you know, on your board does not matter for like the game. It's really just a conceptual game. There's so a AI is out of rules. There's a hard it, it's game. literally just concepts, right? It's like literally like a mental game. It's a model. The model of chess is chess, right? Like there's no difference, right? Whereas in like human interaction, like NFL or, um, stock market or whatever, the model of what's going on in markets and in reality and shipping and inventory is not remotely the same thing as the real thing. And that AI uh, can only ever deal with the map, never the territory. And so the, a lot of midwits in sports betting and stuff, they use models of like cards and poker and chess and apply it to sports. But like that, just because it's really good with these things where the model and the territory, the, the map and territory are exactly the same is not there's an analogy to be made between the two, but it's not the reality. So that was one topic. The other topic is um, basically how like the United States has been the most prosperous country and most powerful country since its inception. And it's because it has really good axioms, really good principles. I mean, they're eroded now. They're not respecting, you know, rights, but like the bill of rights, you know, the freedom of speech, uh, you know, due process under law, you know, you can't like be arrested without due process and a trial and by jury and all this stuff. And Argentina, by the way, was richer per capita in the turn of the 19th century than, than America was and had all the natural resources, giant country, and went to shit um, because it had bad rules. And how axioms the, in a complex system like a society, the, the fundamental axioms of how it's built are the most important thing. It's not about um, injections of money or you know having uh, some resource, you find oil or whatever. It's not about that. It's about the rules. And then I was applying that to myself, like as a person, you know, the reason why all these hacks like do this for 10 days and lose weight or do that, it doesn't really matter because it, fundamentally your axioms are the same. It's like, do this and get a reward. And we're all sort of bribed from childhood. Eat this, you know, do this and you'll get the sugar treat, you know, go do this and you'll get an ice cream. And so for those that, small, those small, like dopamine hits, dopamine hits. So if your whole sort of system, your whole existence. And I found out this when I was fasting after like day four, I was like, where the hell is my reward? Like I, I'm, I did all my work. Where's my dinner? Um, you're, it's not that you're hungry. It's that you expect something that feels good. Um, and so that if you're on the bribery system, which we all have, and we raise our kids, everybody, right? 
Um, that's like a bad axiom for like actual fulfillment in life. And so, you know, we're talking about the unscratched itch and all of that, like the axiom of what's true. I'm really curious, like what's going on internally, externally, what am I interested in as what is factually true? What is, what is going on in this system, this football game? What do I, how can I observe truth without making the truth be something I like believing what I want to believe, believing what makes me do better professionally and socially. Um, this is a much better axiom for, for like absolute transcendent success. You want an axiom that makes your peers, you know, make you uh, rewarded and belong more in society Then just believe whatever you're supposed to believe. Oh, the lab leak, it's a conspiracy theory. Okay, dude, you want to believe that and, and not get in trouble for saying, obviously COVID came from a lab, go ahead. Um, but if you want like a really fulfilling life, I think like, what are the axioms? Are you on the bribery axiom? You know, whatever I'm incentivized to do, that's what I do and believe. Or are you on the um, axiom where it's like, I just want to know what's true. I just want to like dig into whatever this thing is. And so uh, that's what the podcast is about. Love it. And you actually talked a little bit about that on the two podcasts ago as well. Yeah. That uh, yeah. made me think because, uh, you know, after I have like a long week and then I do a couple, you know, I referee high school basketball. The thing I'm most looking forward to is that cocktail because I'm now, you know, like, I've taken some of your advice. My wife, my current wife, not the ex-wife, current wife also, you know, cut out drinking. So I used to be a three time a weeker. Now my one time a weeker and less drinks in that one time. Uh, I feel better, obviously. I mean, that's not as, but I still look forward to that reward. Now you made me feel bad about that, even that reward. Well, it, feeling bad is not the issue. The issue and the issue with the reward with drinking is so interesting because I'm sometimes like, oh, maybe New Year's I'll have a bunch and, you know, I'll have a drink or two. It's not that. that the, it's not like, oh, you have some discipline and you're not drinking. Like, that's not like, that's not going to do it for you. What you do it is you realize, do I feel better from this drink or do I just associate this drink with feeling that, better? That. And the association is the thing that I'm holding on to. But if I just let go of the association, like this is bullshit, this is marketing, right? I've just been duped into thinking that this thing, this liquid makes me feel better. So that every time I'm like, ah, my drink, it's like, no, no, it's not the alcohol. It's not the chemical feeling of being a little bit tired and like, you know, whatever. It's just this idea in my head about this thing. Yeah. And once you realize that that's true, then the drink loses its power and you're like, oh, I'll have a kombucha or whatever. And you'll be like, I'm just drinking this thing and I can, and it's exactly the same conversation I have with people. I was talking to this guy, you know, he's like, oh, you haven't been drinking as much. I'm like, yeah, not really. I'm like, I'm, I got the same conversation with you after five drinks as zero drinks. It makes no difference to my experience. My association is this is fun. But then you realize the fun that you've had with people is based on the quality of conversation. It's never based on the alcohol. And if anything, the alcohol is a detraction. So it's never like, I mean, it's great if you have a problem to just stop drinking out of discipline and just get your conditions better around you. But it's never, I got to stop this, even though it's fun, even though I like this. It's more like, I don't even, this is just fake. It's well, like if yeah. you're eating tofu and they told you it was steak and you're like, mm, the steak is so good. And you just thought the tofu was steak. And then one day they're like, dude, that's not steak. That's tofu. It's actually bad for you. And you'd be like, you wouldn't eat it ever again, right? But yeah. but it's like as long as the association's there, you'll keep doing it. It's the emperor's new clothes in a sense, right? Like you're telling, yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, you're right because I'm watching Boardwalk. Or I just finished up watching Boardwalk Empire as a third run through, and they're romanticizing whiskey. Like every every interaction, hey, let me have a whiskey. And then I was like, oh yeah. man, I'm in the mood for whiskey. I drank. I was yeah. like, this is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> if you really like, just observe yourself yeah. when you drink, when you don't drink, when you're when you're drinking something else, sparkling yeah. water, whatever, having a conversation you will realize it's completely in your mind. I mean, alcohol has a physical effect, but that effect is not the thing that is really driving you to, to, to associate relaxation with it. it. It's really the idea 
of alcohol. And, and of course it's marketed well. You know, I have the same thing with cigars, you know, and I, I probably, I have one that someone gave me, I'll smoke it on New Year's and that's it. I'll be done with that too. Yeah. I, like I said, I still enjoy my one martini or my one vodka drink a week, but you know what? You also have to do things in steps, right? Like, like I said, five, uh, six, seven years ago, I was a seven time, a seven day a week drinker. Right. And right. then obviously- I mean, a real man, you know, is, is 14 days a week, you know, and it's not, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not, it counts morning as its own day, yeah. but it, it's not, you know, again, like it's just like, if you, all of these things are just like, it's just awareness, right? You so see, you're not, it's not like you're like, I need to be better. You know, it's more like, this isn't true. Like this is bullshit. And right. then there's no effort to stop it because you're just like, well, there's a feel better the next day, sleep better that night. And when I have to be sharp, like for example, like if I have to be on, I do that Sunday morning show on Sirius. I, I don't want to have a clouded head when I do a morning show from drinking the night before. I, when I referee a game, I, I feel a little, a little less sharp and slow when I'm refereeing a game. So now I'm seeing not only uh, my sleep get interrupted, but now my performance in areas where which I'm which I want to be good at being hindered when I do that as well. Yeah. I mean, it's good. You have a negative association with it and then that is sort of counters it. But you know, the positive one is, is mostly fake. You know, there is a neurological effect, but it's like so temporary um, and that you pretty much have to keep boozing hard to keep it up. And then at some point you're going to have the opposite effect, which is that they, basically the, this book I read, I mean, it's just true, but this guy says like, the reason you feel relaxed is it depresses you. So it depresses mm. your sort of, um, and your, your, your feeling. And so that what you do, because you have a tolerance to alcohol, because you're not drinking for the first time ever is your body builds up this like extra sensitivity, which is why you can, after five drinks, socialize. If you never drank before you had five drinks, you'd be like a slurring mess, but you can do it because you get more sensitive. You step up with the sensitivity to counteract the alcohol. Once the alcohol wears off, that sensitivity uh, is really uncomfortable. You, you yeah. it's called a hangover light noise or irritable. And so you're basically just creating that sense of anxiety and sensitivity, but pushing it down the road a little bit. Yeah. Punting it right Okay. All right. That, that's all fair. Um, any new year's Eve plans? I think we're having some people over. We're not gonna have the rager we had during our Christmas party a couple of weeks ago, but just like a mellow few people, um, probably cook some food, maybe get some oysters, you know, that's it. Yeah, you? we're gonna uh, we're gonna go low key uh, Friday night. I'm going to um, Nick's Orlando, a friend of uh, Nick's First Magic, going to the game in Orlando. You know, I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. A friend of mine invited me. Floor seats. How do you like that one? That's great. Uh, we yeah. got Cole Anthony going. Uh, Sasha and I there you we're go. doing Be well, ready. still in the NBA league. So Cole Anthony on our bench. I mean, he's a bench guy for them, but he's like the sixth man, and uh, he's been doing all right for us. Yeah, and um, I heard Kenny Smith talk again. I'm. I'm not as big a basketball fan as I used to be. I still love the Knicks. You know, I still like when they're, especially when they're good or they're competitive. And I heard uh, Kenny Smith say this. I think he goes, the Knicks will always be stuck in the middle because they never have the best player on the floor. It's always like they're going against Giannis or they're going against Kevin Durant or uh, they're going against Paolo Banchero on uh, against Orlando. So, but I'm, but basketball is still one of those sports that I still think is better in person. Whereas like football, for example, for me is better on TV. So I went to a Clippers game like 10 years ago and it was horrible. They're like the jock jams and the stupid people doing flips in between. It's too many like breaks and too much bullshit in the arena. They should dim the lights and have you hear the squeak of the sneakers on the court and the thud of the basketball. One further, they should mic the players, mic the players. Yeah. And, 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 and make it so that you're, it's dark except for the court and just be about basketball. It's a sideshow for all these non fans. And it's, it's like the, you know, it's, it's just like the, 
last week I talked about the pussification of everything. It's like the stupidification of everything. It's like just make it about basketball. Basketball is a great game. By the way, I'm really enjoying fantasy basketball, the NFBKC. I was like annoyed that there were two twice weekly, but it's so much better because you hate to have that like two games of Steph Curry versus five games of some scrub. And you're like this way, like it's just on the weekends and you basically leave in your good players all the time. And it's totally tolerable. The amount of work it takes. It's, it's like baseball is like intolerable. I'm still going to outsource, but basketball is like, at least so far it's been um, extremely enjoyable and we're doing really well so far. And it's a nice bonding thing you have going with your daughter. So yeah. Although she almost does not have it now that the draft's over. I mean, cause it's so the games are on so late here, you know, and I have to make all the lineup decisions, but yeah, it's still, still this is, this is the, uh, get your kid, not you, but the proverbial, you, your kid nags you for a dog. You get the dog. They play with it for the first week and then dad walks it. She's still in there. We watch the game. You know, we'll, we'll cheer on. It's awesome watching your players get rebounds and assists and stuff. Yeah. So it's yep. good. All right, everybody. Uh, follow Chris Liss um, over on Noster. Uh, and also, you can find all of his content on chrisliss.com or realmansports.com. Rotowire, you want to get behind Rotowire's paywall. Rotowire.com forward slash try free look there. And if you've, st- if you've stayed with us, I see we have a bunch of people still in here. If you don't mind hitting that like button, subscribe to the channel. Uh, Liz, we're going to keep this going through the uh, Super Bowl, this this podcast. Are you good Let's with that? It. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah, do it year round. I got I got a you know place to put it. It's good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know baseball, so you uh, we, we could learn it. You got to learn it, man. Start setting <laughs> up, you know. Baseball's we'll, we'll, big. All right. Well, we'll get there, but. I just want to let everybody know, just give everyone a little security blanket who has been um, hanging out with us for the whole year. We're going to keep this going at minimum, at minimum through the Super Bowl and then maybe a recap show after the Super Bowl. So um, I'm going to, you know, you said no homework, but for our Super Bowl show where we have two weeks in between, I am going to ask you to come up with five or six props that you like. I am we'll going to do that. We'll see. No, no, I, no, no. I, if I bet them myself, I'll, I'll give them yes. to you. Yes. That's my but, only thing. I left the money that I won uh, in that stupid online sports guy. I won like 400 bucks from the, the best like second quarter showing uh, my picks because I will be making Super Bowl bets and playoff bets. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, then so I'll, I'll come up with some them. props and you'll grade them that, hey, I would make that bet. Hey, I would. Just the odds are so shitty. Like they rip you off so much. If you had like a sharp book that really like just took a small rake off the odds, I'd, I'd do a lot of bets. It's just like the book that I have. It's like the rake is like 50%, yeah. you know? So. They opened up the Hard Rock legal sports betting in Florida now. So it's uh, run by the um, Seminole tribes and it's great. Mm-hmm. The The okay. Hard Rock app is good. The odds, like you said, are a little shaky, but at least it's like legal. It's here. It's great. It's um, uh, what we learned in our Rotowire trip is that the Seminole tribe list, and I think this is kind of interesting. They are the only Native American tribe that never surrendered to U.S. power. So they are sovereign. Oh, okay. And They've never surrendered. Yeah. Okay. Good real, for that. Real tribe. Good, real tribe. Real, real tribe. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that's real. why they call the shots with the uh, sports betting on Hard Rock. Well, Hard Rock is just the the software they use. Right. They're the ones behind the whole Florida sports betting. Seminole Tribe in Florida. All right. Nice. Very nice. All right. Good place to end it. All right, everybody. Yeah. We'll see you next week with another uh, collaboration podcast between Real Man Sports and Rotowire.